Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, man. Hey, man of many words. Many, many words. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm hanging out and uh, enjoying time with you and um, let's see what's going Right. It's like quarantine week 37 or whatever this is. Now. It seems like, yeah, it's been like five weeks since my kid was in school. It seems like. I just keep thinking about that Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. Like that's it is. You know, every day is 615 and it's the same thing every day again. Yeah, right? At least we don't have to hear that song, you know, that share song, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. every day when we wake up. That's right. There's no, uh, what do you call them? The groundhogs in the picture. Right. Either. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not too cold. I mean, you know, it's, the weather's good right now. Right. Right, right. Well, and you know, here we are in the second uh, second week of Easter. Um, you know, as Catholics, that that stint extends beyond the the Sunday. Obviously, it's a, right. it's that season in um, divine you know, mercy. Yeah, divine yeah. mercy. Sunday was this was was today Monday yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, that was great. Watched mass. Uh, you know, our, our pastor Father uh, Gallagher did a great great homily, and it was a beautiful service. Um, and then you know, and we. Did some divine mercy chaplets and things like that during the day to honor the day as well. So, yeah, and, and here we are. You know, I love this part of the year because, or this part of the the liturgical year, I guess you could say, because um, you start to hear about the acts of the apostles. You yeah. know, that it's it's sprinkled in on the daily readings, and you start to really see like what happens between the resurrection of Christ and Pentecost and and all of that. And you know, one of the one of the readings from the other day it was I think it was Saturday. Uh, really talked about you know how Peter and John had gone out into um, into starting to preach about about uh, Christ and his resurrection and about you know going out there and and, and and teaching the gospel basically for the first time and after they had received the Holy Spirit from from Christ and you know that reading that day talks about how they had you know all of a sudden converted all of these people like immediately and the Sanhedrin called them before him. And, and it says, you know, the line that I remember that stuck out to me from, it was from Acts 4.13. It says, observing the boldness of Peter and John and perceiving them to be uneducated, ordinary men, they were amazed and they recognized them as the companions of Jesus. How did they know they were ordinary? Was it dress? I guess. I mean. I guess. They, they didn't have all the stuff. They had on, like beards they did. and everything. Yeah. Right. They yeah. didn't have all their, their packages of scrolls with them and yeah. all that stuff. But, but no, like it made me start thinking about like, this is the part of the year I love where you see what Jesus did and then it affected people and then they went out and they did what he, what he told them to do. And so, you know, right now, like if you look at that, that story before then the disciples were quarantined kind of like us in the mm-hmm. upper room, right? They were, they were up there in fear and, and they weren't going out much. They were hiding. They were worried for their life. They know what to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it right. sounds a lot pretty yeah. familiar for where we are today. Right. And this world is, is uh, you know Father Gallagher mentioned in his homily yesterday was he's talking about like they were sort of quarantined and, and up there away from everything else the way we are now, and eventually like they busted out of that quarantine and they went out and started to do the things that they were supposed to do, and so it made me think like in the terms of there's a lot of people I've seen out there on Facebook or Instagram and other places that have said, man like I, I don't know what to do like like the priests we don't have access to our 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 parish things like we normally do. Um, I do have the virtual masses and the things that people are trying to do to try to, you know, as much as they can come into the household and, 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 you know, preach to us or, 
you know, provide us with with what we the content we're looking for. But what do I do as a person? I'm just me. Like I don't know what to do. How do I lead my family? How can I'm just an ordinary person, right? Like I don't know what to do. Well, you look at the Acts of the Apostles, and those were some pretty ordinary people too. Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden, when they realized that they had the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that they and they and they begin to surrender and trust the Lord, then they were able to do some miraculous things. So that's sort of what I want to talk about today, and it's sort of been the mission of just a guy in the pew from the beginning. Is you know people will say, well, John Edwards just a guy in the pew. Well, like I've said before, that was never meant to be John Edwards just a guy in the pew. It was meant to be sort of a calling out to everyone out there that like you're not just a person in the pew. Like you have so much power within you, you just have to realize it, and you have to surrender and 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 talk to the Lord and figure out what your unique gifts and what you know what He wants to do with your life, and then let Him do it. You know, and the bishop even mentioned that in, in the VCC, Bishop Talley at the Virtual Catholic Conference. There at the end, he said, like, you all aren't just people in the pews. Like, 99% of the church sits on that side of the altar. That that's where where change is going to happen. That's where uh, where the church is going to grow and, and where people are going to come to know Christ is not in the 1% of the, of the clergy. But, I mean, of course, people will get to know Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be disrespectful of that. But what his point was, there's so many more of you. And the more of you that are active, the more our church is going to grow and the stronger it's going to get, and the kingdom is going to start to grow. What you're talking about is something that I've, I've kind of had an experience in my past where, and I think I shared this with you a while back, but um, when I was just graduated college, I had this kind of question mark, as most people do, what do I do in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, And um, so I had this option to go a, like a mission trip for a year through the Presbyterian Church that I was you know, part of their organization. And it was like I had either or West Yost, West Yellowstone, Montana, or mm-hmm. Northern Ireland. And so I had interviews, and I said, well, I'm going, you know, West Yellowstone, Montana, because, well, you know, I bring my truck, I get my computer, kind of like comforts of home, and I'll just be doing like a youth pastor, which I've done before in some mm-hmm. sense. Wasn't a challenge, really wasn't looking to go overseas. And then when I had an interview for the, the position at Northern Ireland, all of a sudden this word of yes Mm-hmm. you know, uh, came out of my mouth and I was shocked because I had no plan to do that because I want to do what I want to do, you know? And mm-hmm. I, and I realized that when I said, yes, um, there's a big question mark of how am I going to deal with this for a whole year? And how am I going to tell my folks? Cause I told everybody at church, I'm going to go West Yellowstone, Montana, climb mountains, you know, go skiing, you know, have mm-hmm. fun, you know, in a sense, uh, and maybe do some God's work, you know, <laughs> but I was thinking of me in a selfish, selfish way. And, um, Northern Ireland was definitely, an open uh, of the heart, like surgery immediately. Cause like the, the first day I was at my position, I had to break up a fight between uh, uh, these kids who pretty rough. I mean, these are kids from uh, UVF neighborhoods who are paramilitary, like kids that could like make a pipe bomb kind of thing, you know, <laughs> Northern Ireland. And they're pretty intimidating, you know, and they're fighting, they're trying to attack a volunteer. So here I am day one of volunteer from America trying to break up a a fight, you not knowing <laughs> right. what the consequences would be for me doing that, but obviously helping out. But that's the thing. I went to follow where God wanted me to be mm-hmm. because that, you know, West Yellowstone, Montana is great, but it wasn't fertile ground for me to grow anymore. It was done. It was, it was dead earth in the sense of, for me, mm-hmm. you know, Northern Ireland allowed me to grow so much that, uh, I, I loved everybody that was there with you know i mean i the, except even the, the pipe bombers <laughs> right well even then the kids yeah. they you know i was able to really you know come to them in the sense in in uh, of trust and sure and uh that was 
kind of what the gospel is, is to love those who persecute you, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually, maybe they'll stop persecuting you. Yeah. Hopefully, right? And they won't throw rocks at you anymore. But, or pipe bombs. Right, pipe bombs, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more devastating right. than rocks. Yeah, I know. It's a great point. And, and what you said there in the beginning, you were talking about, like, I didn't know this, or the reasons why you shouldn't or you can't. And, and I think the devil loves to play with those things, right? Like, he wants to tell you, hey, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're ordinary. Like, God can't do anything with you. You know, and we hear those things in our head, so we it keeps us from doing things. We sit there and go, you know what? Like I'm not like those people on the stage. You know that that's something that I've seen a lot in, in different conferences and things. Is is guys have said like I, I just man, I just this just doesn't seem attainable. It's like right. that guy was born in that mold that he's in. That's up there on the stage, whether it's me or somebody else, and 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 I can't do what they're talking about. Like they were uniquely born to do that. And while, yes, God has a plan for each of our lives and, and he gives us a certain set of gifts, like that's not, that's, there's not some criteria that you have to meet to be able to, to do stuff for, for God, like to, for him to use you. Right, like there's gotta, not a checklist yeah. where you have to fit into this mold for God to use you. And I think a lot of people are deterred by, by things they could do like now in their life. You, you look around in this pandemic and yeah, we're, we're, we're distanced and we're alone and we're separated and we're not allowed to gather and all those things. But you look at some of the beautiful things that have come out of it. You see, you know, choirs that are, that are on a Zoom singing together online perfectly through maybe 30 different places they're in. And you see people preaching more. There's on, more online, you know, postulates. The Virtual Catholic Conference came out of this. Like all because of ordinary, ordinary people are saying like, I want to do something. But the devil likes to smash that almost immediately when that inkling comes up. It's like, nope, get that out of here. Get that right. out of here. Like, you don't, you can't do anything. You're not equipped. You don't have this, this, and this. Because people haven't discovered their own gifts yet, probably. Right. Yeah. But if you look at those original apostles, like, yes, they walked with Christ. Yes, they, but a lot of them didn't learn. A lot of them had a hard time learning what mm-hmm. he was saying while they were with them, right? Like, they still, Peter didn't get a lot of the things that Jesus was telling them at first. You know, Thomas doubted until the very end, until, until he could physically touch Jesus and put his hands in the nail holes. And so, you know, they didn't have a Bible to go out with, right? I mean, they didn't have some of the things that we have now. They just said, you know what? The Lord has filled us with the Spirit. We're going to go out. We're going to do whatever it is that he's asking us to do to the point of, of almost dying. And even after that, what we were talking about when they were in front of the Pharisees, the Pharisees didn't know what to do with them because so many people had converted that day. They didn't want to start another thing, like an up, have an uprising. So they said, we just got to let them go and don't you preach anymore is what they told them. And then it says the apostles went to a place and they prayed and they and they uh, they sang uh, praises to the Lord and the place shook, like the ground shook because they were so filled with the Spirit. And those are ordinary people. Like if you look back at that, you know, and and for this is for the people out there that are telling myself like I really feel like God's called me, but but I can't, but I won't, but I shouldn't. I'm not able to. I don't have this. I don't have that. Like this this show is for you because you look back and you see people like Moses, right? Moses was a guy with a stutter. He wasn't great to speaking to people. He didn't want to like he even said, Lord, I can't even. I'm not good at speaking, right? Like I don't even know your name. Like he he kept saying all these things to why he couldn't do something. I'm not your guy, right? I'm not your guy. There's nothing special about me. Uh, you know, why are you choosing me? We God, God chooses us because he knows why he chooses us. And he loves using ordinary people, you know, broken people, sinful people. You know, Moses, I mean, he took him and he, I mean, he freed the Israelites with yeah. him, you know, from a guy who was, who was, 
not in a position in his own mind to ever think that he should be anywhere near any right. of that happening. God loves people without any any pretenses of authority. Right. Yeah. He didn't say, Moses, I'm gonna I'm gonna equip you with this and this and mm-hmm. that, and I'm gonna give you all of this, and then you go do it. He says, No, like trust in me and, and yeah, you're ordinary, but I love the ordinary, right? Like that's what I want to work with. Is there is that regular person? There's nothing that you, there's nothing that any of these Catholic speakers or people that you see in the world have that's any different than you. Maybe they have a different set of gifts. But God, they're an ordinary person just like you are, right? They've just accepted that I have these gifts from God and that he's asking me to do this, and then they've surrendered to it. So you look at, like, another one, Jonah, right? You know, he's this guy's just minding his own business, and all of a sudden God just tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh and do this. And what did he do? He did what we all do. He said no to God a couple of times. He right, you want to go west Yellowstone, and, Montana. Yeah, right, right, yeah, that's yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right, like you got out of it easy. You that's didn't have right. to live in a well or Thank whatever. Thank <laughs> But yeah, so here's a guy that's ordinary, and he's saying, "God, I'm not like, no, I'm not going. I don't want it. They're not going to listen to me. You know, I'm just going to be made fun of or whatever, rejected." And then God used him anyway after he, you know, got rid of his obstinance, <laughs> you know, yeah. put him in the belly of the whale. But you know, Jonah went, and he and he affected that entire city, that entire town, because of that. An ordinary guy. And, and I just, I don't know, I've seen a lot out there of people saying, man, I just, I want to be better for my family, or I want to feel like I'm doing something. I feel like I don't have a purpose right now in this world, and, and I'm just I'm just a regular person. What can I do? Well, I mean, there's plenty of examples in, in Scripture and in the world today of, of anything. You can do anything. All you have to do is just get in tune with God and figure it out what He is asking you to do. I didn't know... Four years ago that I'd be sitting here 58 episodes into a podcast talking to you and people would actually still listen to it, you know, and and that I'd be on stages talking to people or putting together big conferences or any of that. Like it just came with a almost a broken down sort of cry going, okay, God, like I, I don't know what to do, but I'll do what you ask. And 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 it's turned into these things. And so like I just I really feel like right now people are looking for some sort of inspiration. They're looking to to figure out like what is what how can I help? What can I do? And and we have got to to shun and and disperse and and deny the claims of the devil that you're nobody and you can't do anything. Because that's just not the truth. And that's where he wants you to stay in the spot where you're not doing anything, where you're inactive, because he doesn't have to worry about you then. I think what you're saying too is is kind of like when all the apostles were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came, you know, Pentecost, really the birth of the church. It, it allowed them to have the confidence, but also it shed that hard shell for them that were covering up their gifts to see, wow, I have a gift to do this. And I think a lot of us go through our lives spiritually not fully giving ourselves our full our heart or our mind, our desire to serve God. I mean, we, we hold things back because we, we have that selfish tendencies. But once you do that, you're, you're like like the apostles. You may finally have your gift fully revealed to you. And then, therefore, God's showing His will in your life and pushing you down that path because you have total obedience to Him. And that's what you need to do is have the obedience to follow God's will. And and, and selfishness works against that obedience. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the apostles, they were up in that upper room, and, and they were scared and afraid like we've talked about. But they, I mean, before they were all ordinary men, Jesus converted them into these men that believed in what he said, and then he gave them the ability to go out and be extraordinary, right? To, to change the world. Like really, Jesus, there was a ton of people that listened to Jesus while he was on this earth preaching, 
but 12 lives were significantly impacted to the point where they went out and they did something with it. Guys that were ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors. I mean, I don't know what all the rest of them did, but they weren't scribes. They weren't Pharisees. They weren't learned scholars. They were just men that were one minute living in the grind of the daily life saying, Mm -hmm. what's my purpose? What can I do? Just like we're saying a lot now today. And then one day Jesus walks in their life and he changes it, changes it. He gives them what they need to be extraordinary. And, and, you know, a lot of times we get worried about that, but like, but God provides that, you know, and that's what it means when Paul says, you know, in second Corinthians five seventeen. so whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed, like everything that's holding you back, all the things that tell you, well, I can't do that. I don't have this. I don't, that's gone. When you've surrendered to Christ and you've allowed the, the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, you can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens you as it says in another scripture. So we have to kind of keep reminding ourselves, and I love showing examples in the gospel because they're, they're some of the most broken people around in, in, the, in the Bible altogether, not just the oh, New yeah. Testament. But, you know, you look at Mary Magdalene. You know, here she is, a woman who's almost stoned to death because she's living in, a, she's, you know, living in an adulterous way. She's, you know, she's a sinner like the rest of us. And yet when Jesus chooses to, 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 come back to life, the very first person that he chooses to be the first evangelist after his death is Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. This this person who's an ordinary person, who who's a sinner, who was looked down upon the by all of society. The lowest of the low, yeah, society. Right. Yeah. And he said, like, look what he was able to do with her. She went on to be one of his biggest proponents. One of you know, Now, she's not listed as an apostle, but she was right there with them every single day, spreading the gospel and converting hearts because of what she had seen and heard. That's another ordinary person that, that was this close to dying for the way she was living her life. And then Christ walked into it and, and made something extraordinary, right? And, and it just, it, I don't think I pause enough personally and think about, man, the first person that he ever chose to go and spread the first message that he had risen was a person the society would have cast out and killed like that. Yeah. Somebody they would have thrown aside as she's ordinary, less than ordinary. But yet, look what he does with those that will surrender and, 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 and get past that. Yeah, you're ordinary. That's the ones that God loves to work with. So, I mean, Peter, another one, right? Like, look at that guy's faults. He's angry. He, he doubts. He, he questions Jesus to the point of trying to make him come to his own will sometime, right? You don't need to die for us, you know, Jesus. We, you don't need to do that. Change your mind. You can do all things to the point where Jesus has to say, look, like, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, he's another ordinary guy that with the imperfections that all of us have, right? That he had the anger issues and all these other things. We're not alone in our in our deficiencies, but God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, the power of the Holy Spirit makes up for those inadequacies, right? And, and they they take them, they twist them, and they and they they just overshadow them to where we can go and do what we need to do. And you know, a lot of things people look at and they say, "Well, what about the saints?" Like, I love the saints, but I could never live like that. I'm never a person. I couldn't be Mother Teresa. I couldn't be. And you're right. Like, you're not supposed to be Mother Teresa. You're supposed to be Saint Victor or Saint Jeff or Saint whoever. You know, those are you're supposed to like blaze your own path to what God's calling you to do. But Mother Angelica, you know, from EWTN and all of that, you know, she used to say things like, "Saints are ordinary people who love Jesus, try to be like Him, and are faithful to the duties of their state in life." sacrifice themselves for their neighbor and keep their hearts and minds free of this world. That's like, that's what a saint winds up being. You know, they start off as ordinary people and, you know, you and I have brought up and talked about 
before St. Augustine. You know, here's a guy that's the furthest thing from yeah. a saint. You know, he's out there. He's sleep- a very worldly guy. Yeah, he's yeah. sleeping around. He's getting drunk. He's partying. His mother's like diligently praying for him all the time. Like, please change his heart. Please change his heart. You know, and what's, I don't know, I'm going to butcher this, but he has the famous line of like, Lord, I want to love you, but not right now. I don't know the exact words of it off the top of my head. But he basically is saying like, in my time, just like all of us, but he's an ordinary guy. And he goes on to be one of the most quoted and most influential saints in the history of the church because of, of, of of, of him saying, you know what, I am ordinary, but with God, I can do everything. I can do anything. And so, you know, there's another one, St. Ignatius. You know, here's here's a guy that has led so many thousands of people to a, how to control their thoughts and how to take their thoughts captive and, and learn what desolation and consolation is. Well, this was a guy that was just a soldier that had his leg blown off and happened to lay in a bed for six months and, and spent time, you know, talking to God and understanding his feelings about when I feel this way, you know, I feel good. And when I feel, when I hear this voice, I feel bad. Well, that's God. That's the devil. And now all of a sudden we have this gift to the church that's been passed down for years called the discernment of spirits because of one ordinary man that just said, you know what? Yeah, I am ordinary, but God's asking something of me. So in this time of, of this pandemic and like, I really want people to listen to the show and go, man, yeah, I'm ordinary, but that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I'm a nobody, but that's a good thing. Because God loves to work with nobodies. He loves to work with broken people. Yeah, let God add the flavor to your life. The yeah. Way you're not, you know, ordinary is good, but but let God make that better. Yeah. You know, like like say first, you got to say yes. Two, you got to go. And three, let God be the compass of your life, your timeline on this earth. Yeah. I mean, you're, and, and you should, you're going to have, there's going to be some ups and downs like these saints. You know, but the thing is, your joy will outmeasure those sufferings. Yeah, and you just, and you'll get to the point, like the apostle said at the end of that reading, the same mm-hmm. one I was talking about earlier, Acts 4.13, or not 4.13, it's actually Acts 4.20. It is impossible for us to not to speak about what we have seen and heard. Like, that's that's what comes of that when you surrender to the Lord, when you go, look, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and that's what he loves. He loves when you throw your hands up in the air and you're just like, oh, yeah. I don't know, because that means he's like, good, now we can go to work. Yeah, I've had, you this, realize, had that conversation. What do you want me to do now? What? Right. What do you want me to do? What? Right, because yeah. now you're open. You're ready to listen. You're ready to do the things I've asked you to do. So often we beat our heads against the wall and we try it our way and our way and we try to control everything and we try to blaze the path when God's like the whole time going, look, you know, if you just walk that little narrow gravel thing, you wouldn't have had to have a bush blade to cut sure. through all those thorns, everything else you went through. And he tried doing it right. my way. And we're complaining so much because we're not listening to him saying, I don't want you to do that. Right. Yeah. And so like every saint out there, I know at some point, you know, God had, had, um, I mean, every saint had told God, like, not me, like, I, I yeah. you know, not me right now. Like I'm not your guy. But the thing is, God wants to use you right now. Everybody that's listening to this, in some unique way, you're the right person for God right now. In this time, in this day, in this age, you were born for a purpose. And we all share that same purpose, to serve and to love God and to tell others about Him. Now, that may look like, for me, doing a podcast and, and talking whenever somebody feels like you know asking me to come to town. But for others, that may be you know teaching PRE. It may be, you know, teaching RCIA, maybe becoming a deacon. It might be being a good husband uh, or just being a great employee and in, 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 in being the, the type of person that people want to be around and learn from by the way you live your life. But 
we've got to get this notion out of our heads that like we've got to have some that that you know we've got to be born just like Saint Paul, which by the way, Saint Paul wasn't even born Saint Paul, he was born Saul, mm-hmm. and he had to go through a massive conversion to do what he did in his life. So there is no model, there is no person or thing that that was just born to be all of this stuff you see out there. These are just people that have said yes. The visible people that you see in the Catholic world out there are just people that have said yes. And, they, and they've figured out what God's, their unique call to sanctity and their unique call to to uh, evangelize is. So, you know, if you're one of the people that's sitting at home going like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't, I want to help. I feel so helpless at home. Then just be still with that. Take it to God and, and, and stop trying to figure it out for yourself. And in this time, like embrace your or, being ordinary embrace being nothing you know? mm-hmm. because that's really where God begins to work is in those that have, have acknowledged that. Um, you know, when I look back and I think about being in that jail cell, I didn't know what was going to happen in my life. I just, I was fresh off saying, okay, God, you win. Like that's the words that came out of my life. My mouth was God, you win. I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. Just let me keep my family. Let me, let me, you know, let me, be better in my life than I have been. And and I had no idea what was going to happen from that. It was just that yes. And, and he took an ordinary person, somebody that was on a very, very bad place in his life and has done some great, you know, some things with him that has helped other people. And, and, and God will do that with each and every one of us. But we have to get that mindset out of our heads. Right. Set aside that fear and anxiety. It's, right. You just, you got to know that your life's going to be much, so much better once you get past that. Right. And, and drop the comparison that yeah. I'm not like them. So I'm no good. I'm not worthy. Or I can't yeah. do that. And mm-hmm. I'm no good. Or I can't, you know what? I mean, there, there were different things. Some of the apostles couldn't preach like Peter, you know, Peter couldn't, couldn't be comforting to someone maybe the way that John could. There's all different gifts that we have. And we just have to understand that, that we have them, we have to figure them out. We have to spend time doing that to grow into our holiness, into our virtue. We have to figure out what it is that God has uniquely given us, and and the only way we do that is with spending time with them, which we've talked about so much. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I just I realized that there was a lot of things out there that people were dealing with along this subject matter. It's something that I've thought about, but just remember that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He you does. keep telling yourself yep. that. You pray, you ask him what he wants you to do, and you're going to find out the answer, and you're going to do great things for him. So let's take it to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, the scriptures are full of stories of you using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Your Son chose 12 ordinary men, and together they changed the world. Help us to remember that being ordinary doesn't prohibit us from doing your will, but qualifies us for it. And Father, whenever the devil tries to convince us being ordinary is a bad thing, Help us to remember what a compliment that truly is. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.